Amy Ingerbetson here, professional skier, dog mom, cat lover, podcaster, and your host for Warren Miller Entertainment's Long Underwear. In this podcast, we are sitting down with world-class athletes and industry legends. Nothing is off limits except for one rule. After introductions, there are no more mentions of skiing or snowboarding allowed. We are stripping off the layers and getting to know the skiers and riders underneath the gear. Welcome to Long Underwear. Hi, I'm meteorologist Joel Gratz with Open Snow. Where do you get your weather? Your phone's weather app might be fine for your home, but it doesn't specialize in directing you to the best powder. Instead, try the snow-specific forecasts, snow reports, mountain cams, and local commentary delivered by Open Snow. Go to opensnow.com or download the Open Snow app for iPhone or Android. Open Snow is built by skiing weather forecasters like me, just for those of us who want to find the best snow. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Long Underwear Podcast. I, am, of course, am Amy Ingerbretson, your host. And today, uh, you are finding the Long Underwear Podcast in the living room of Mr. Griffin Post in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Hi, Griffin. How's it going? Welcome to my living room. I think this is the second podcast. This is the second podcast that's been recorded in your living room, even though you weren't on it. You were here, though. <laughs> I was. I was very quiet in the background. So. Yeah. Yeah. You made a little cameo, though. I don't know if you heard oh, that. That's right. Yeah, you yeah. said a little pop in. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me back. Of course, there's like a nice fire going again. We got some beers. It's like a good scene. Yeah. We skied powder today. It's, it's sort of dirty, but nobody asked you. You know, there's that. a lot of gear around here. <laughs> It's a lot, but it's, you know, it takes a lot of gear to make a skier. It's a small cabin. There's only so much place to put backpacks and jackets. And so ski it, boots it piles and up liners. A bit. It actually doesn't smell, though, for how much like Thank you. ski stuff is around. Like you, it, this, the stench is, is not bad for like what it looks like it could be. I've been working on that. So that's good. It's yeah. Good. Positive yeah. reinforcement. Nice, nice. Lack of ski stench. So yeah, you live in Jackson. You've lived here for a long time, but you're from Sun Valley, Idaho. I am. Yes. Where you grew up. And, um, okay. So like two part question, what do you love about Jackson hole and what do you miss about Sun Valley? Um, and you can, we're in like the ski part of the podcast, so you can talk about skiing right now. Yeah. I think Jackson, I mean, the amount of snowfall, that they get and the train that they have definitely is a little bit more challenging than Sun Valley, I'd say, train wise. And the snowfall, I think, you know, speaks for itself. Just the way the Tetons rise out of the desert and the orographic lift that it generates, it's just a really special range, I'd say. And on the other hand, Sun Valley, you know, is amazing too. It has this really rich history and it's so low key. There's so many under the radar people they're just crushing it that you you never know and so and that humbleness i think you know generates a community that's less about what you did today and i guess more about being together for like a common cause versus just sports yeah I love that about Sun Valley, actually. That's like a good point. They have a good community. But it would be cool. Sun Valley would be perfect if it like doubled the annual average snowfall. Right. And Sometimes it, though, like it can be really good in Sun Valley. And when it's good in Sun Valley, it stays good for weeks. And yeah. you know, every now and then it fills in you know, just the right way. And all those lines that you dreamed about when you're a little kid you know, are possible. And so it might only be once every five or 10 winters. But when it's when it's on there, it's pretty unreal. Yeah. But this is a good place. You've been here for how long? I think this is my 12th year. Yeah. So, okay. like, have you acquired local status? No, I don't think I'm a local yet still. No. How much further do you have to go? <laughs> I think 15 years I can, you know, 15? start being 
Is there any like well, true benchmarks there or is it literally just time? Well, some people, you know, after a few years, they're claiming it. Then other, you know, you have to be third generation, which there's third generation. a handful of in the Valley. So yeah, I'm not really so concerned about titles, but yeah. I do love it here. Yeah. Well, it's a good spot. You're, we can see Jackson Hole Mountain Resort from your window right now. You've got a good couch. I've slept on it many times. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's cozy. It's good I can see, see the Grand Teton in the winter, at least, when there's no branches on any of the trees. Yeah. So I think you'd call that Teton Views as a realtor. Teton Views. Yeah. You've got Teton Views. It's good. Um, You've been in one Warren Miller movie or two? Uh, One. Just one. And it was the one you guys filmed here in Jackson. Yeah. Two, three years ago now. Three years ago. It was a good part. I like uh, it when Jackson's in the movie. Yeah, it's always, it's always you know fun showing a new crew around the resort and you know filming these classic lines that you know they're still scary even though you've done them a ton. Yeah. A ton you still but you, you film a ton racing. in Jackson like at the resort and and in the backcountry just off the resort like with TGR all the time. You know that was your segment in Warren Miller. What's it like always filming like in your kind of home zone? Like you're saying like stuff you've skied like a lot. Um, is it like better or worse or just like different? It's funny. Like this year I've been filming a bunch with TGR around the resort and I feel like I've gotten really jaded because <laughs> I've filmed everything so many times right. and somebody's like, oh, we should go film that spot. I'm like, oh, I filmed that in 2011 and yeah. it didn't make the movie. So there's no point in going back. <laughs> it's a waste of time. Um, everybody's like, wait, what? And yeah. so, you know, over the last couple of weeks when we've been really hammering it here, you start to you know, rediscover these nooks and crannies that you haven't gone back to for so many years because the only reason you'd be there is for filming. And, you know, there's still these special spots and places I haven't discovered and new ways to approach the mountain. So it's still, it stays entertaining. Anything like in the resort and like backcountry zone here that like you haven't filmed for a movie that like you still want to hit? Like, I know there's probably stuff in the park you haven't done that you want to do, but like, I mean, for like the film lines. Um... There's one line, this line off Cody called Patsy Marley that's fills in maybe some marches and it's a really exposed committing line and just never really conditions have just never lined up. It's one of those like town perfect and, ones. Um yeah, that's still that's the main one that I'd say it's on the list. That's so funny because Patsy Marley is like a really mellow run off Alta. <laughs> yeah, and I might have gotten that name wrong, so don't so, okay, some, we see won't this is why you. I'm not a local. Yeah. It's like, you don't, I someday, don't even know the names of the runs. I mean, this is hard. I'm like a true local squad. And I don't know any of the names. Like, I feel like the locals don't actually know the names sometimes. So, yeah. But, I still just, don't know a lot of runs. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe this year, Patsy Marley, maybe it'll be somewhere else. I mean, yeah. I've never filmed at my home resort, so I almost feel like I would feel more pressure if I was filming at Squaw. Yeah. And Jackson definitely has that mentality when it's blue and the conditions are good. There's a lot of people chomping. Yeah. And so you have to be on it and yeah you know like we were filming heckled you were filming yesterday and i was shooting photos yesterday and you couldn't shake me i was just like you guys a stalker we kept coming to all your zones yeah and then you have people from out of town dang out of towners trying to snake in your lines yeah yeah hey i was trying to be respectful i feel like i'm fairly easygoing local it's kind of you know there's a lot of i still would not snake your line Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't really want to cross you, so I want to be able to sleep on your couch still. Okay, let's not talk about skiing anymore. It's called the S-word. No more S-word. If you say the S-word, you owe me something. In the past, it's been cookies. I'm open for, like, other things of value. I already have a beer, so just don't say the S-word. Okay. 
And I'll, I'll try not. Best. If I say the S word, like oh, yeah, same goes, same whatever we decide is our exchange. I'll okay. I'll get you something. But I already brought you a bottle of wine, so like I feel that was like very generous. Yeah, but you yeah. have a credit of one, so yeah. you can say it once. Yes. Okay. Cool. I'm starting ahead. All right. No S word. Okay. So we're sitting in your living room, and we're not alone. We are not. There are two characters in this living room that I have become very familiar with. Their names are Milo and Otis. Could you please tell everybody who Milo and Otis are? So Milo and Otis are my pet pinatas. To my knowledge, I run Wyoming's largest pinata sanctuary that's on top of my fridge. <laughs> and they they have different outfits that they wear depending on the seasons. And they kind of collect the random gear that I have or that I get on trips. And so looking at them right now, they have some um, prayer flags from Nepal. They have some various like fur, fur hats hat, yeah. that I purchased on a Craigslist adventure in Anchorage. And they have a cowbell that I actually, Chris Davenport stole off a cow in Austria. <laughs> stole off a cow. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure if I should tell this story, but I'm going to. I'm I really, really want Chris to hear this story. <laughs> so we were at this event in Austria and we'd had a couple schnapps. As you do. And there were some cows outside and I really wanted to, you know, get a cowbell, but I believed it had to be the, in the traditional way or I, I wanted to be authentic. I didn't want like the. You didn't want like a tourist cowbell. You want wanted a real cowbell. Yeah. And so and Chris knew about this plan and we're at this bar and outside the bar, a bunch of cows. And so we found one on the ground. We definitely didn't take it off the cow. <laughs> And like one had been discarded by exactly a cow. one. It must have gotten itchy, and it kind of like. How close to a cow did you have to get to get it? Uh, we had a lot of cow interaction. Well, I was going to say cow shit on our feet. Oh afterwards. yeah, like yeah, we, yeah were, we were happened. in the mix with the cows. Yeah, yeah, but smooth recovery, and now it's on yeah, your yeah. pinata. That's Otis it. loves it. Yeah, so. o- Otis and Milo are looking like they've got a lot going on right now. Like they- their their look is very complex i would say at the moment i've I've seen them look more like put together right now they kind of look pretty random yeah they got a lot of flair right now they actually reached a point this fall where they had so much flair they kept falling off the fridge Ooh, that's a big crash yeah i had to come home and like one of them had taken a nosedive off the fridge did you have to do surgery um i well my solution was i fill i filled (laughs) i filled them up with uh old climbing rope so where you put the candy in the pinata, I like stuffed them full of old climbing rope to weigh them down more. So now they can take on way more flair. And that's probably why they have too much. I don't really have to like limit it at this point. Yeah, they are not limited with the flair, but no. they're, they're cool. I, so once in a while, they work their way onto your Instagram. They do. And I can't tell if people like it or they're like, wow, Griffin I'm, is losing it. In I mean, I like it, but I don't Thank know you. if like my taste is a very good like indicator of like the general public. Yeah, I think mix it up a little bit and... <laughs> What do you think about Milo and Otis getting their own Insta account? Um, I think it's a lot. I have enough trouble handling my own social media. And so I know do- people with dogs have yeah. their own Instagram account or dogs have their own Instagram accounts, but pet pinatas having their own Instagram <laughs> account. I think that's just taking it too far. Too far like, there's too a far. limit to social media hey, and what people are interested in. You love my dog, Bill, and my dog, Bill's not on Instagram, but my boyfriend, Todd, says he's not allowed to be on Instagram because he doesn't have a phone. And I'm like, wow, I can't really argue with that. So maybe that's like the argument. Like, they, do they have cell phones? Uh, they do not. Not so, that I know of. So they can't be on Insta. They, up like, they just can't. That's true. That's just it. I assume they take it into their own hands if they right. want it to. Well, I just want everybody to know that there, we have a live audience for this recording. Live audience of pinatas. Two. 
Flary pinatas. They hear everything. They hear everything. <laughs> All right. Well, um, other than uh, being the uh, great owner of the largest pinata sanctuary sanctuary in Wyoming, what would you say would be your best quality as like a human being, like outside of your athletic endeavors? Um, I think I'm a really good listener. You know? <laughs> so what do you? How do you feel I, about being on a podcast I, where you have to talk? I think it's it's very uncomfortable for me to just talk. I think you know I really like listening and asking intelligent follow-up questions and I'm much I think it's my the introverted side of me coming through where I you know don't necessarily like being the center of attention and much rather you know talk to somebody and hear what they're all about versus talking about how rad I am <laughs> yeah I feel like when I'm talking to you though I feel you're you're very very intelligent so like I get nervous because you are listening to me so acutely and then like really processing everything I say. So it's almost like I feel pressure when yeah, I'm like I'm talking to you about stuff. Time, I don't feel like sure. you're judging me. I just feel like you're just way smarter than me. <laughs> I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think that. And I'm hopefully, uh, yeah. I didn't know I come across like that. So well, I don't know. I mean, I that. feel like I know you I will a little bit. Less. No, I think being a good listener is a good thing. <laughs> it's something that, I don't know, it comes up a lot. But like, I think that's like, if we like narrow down like the top 10 qualities that all humans could use to like make the world a better place. It would be like, you know, be a good listener. Yeah. And I think, and you know, in that vein, being able to ask good questions and, you know, come up with something that, you know, people don't think about all the time or it's not a canned answer or canned response. Yeah. Where you can actually tell the person heard you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I like that. I kind of, um, Sometimes with these podcasts, I like envision like with people I know, like what they're going to say. And I feel like I kind of guessed you might say that. Oh, <laughs> so predictable. No, no. I just think maybe I like know you a little bit. Okay. Um, next question. Uh, what would be the best advice anyone has ever given you? And like best follow up to that. Advice. I want to know if anyone's ever given you like terrible advice. Um, I feel like I've given a little bit of terrible advice. What's like a piece of terrible advice you've given? <laughs> I feel like you've probably given um, me terrible advice. My friend had gotten in a car accident or it wasn't his fault, but we basically got T-bone because the other driver didn't see the, um, didn't know what a blinking yellow turn signal was, which means you have to yield. And oh. so they just turned in front of us. And so we T-boned him and we're sitting on the side of the road. And I told my friend just to run. I was like, you need to get out of here. Just run. <laughs> That is not good advice. It, it was horrible advice. And luckily, like, he had the, you know, gumption to be, to acknowledge that was bad advice. And the cops came and determined whose fault it was. And are you was like fine. authority adverse or something? Like, what, like, what triggered, like, run, dude, just run. Were you going to run? Were you going to take the fall for it? Like, what, what was your role in this? Um, I'm not sure what my reasoning was. I think he'd have had a beer or two. Oh. And so I was. Again, horrible advice. Yeah, don't you know, run. Yeah. Especially, well, don't run even if it's your fault. No, exactly. You have to like own up to it. And he was on that same page. And yeah, good. He, and you know, everything was fine. He, it was, the officers determined it was the other person's fault. And All good. Everybody went home. All right. Well, so that's your bad advice you've oh, given. But what's advice. like the best advice anyone has ever given you? Um, I would say ask for help from everybody but expect it from nobody hmm. i think you know not being afraid to say that you know you're in over your head or you, just with anything, anything in life yeah. but when you expect help from everybody i think you become far less self-reliant and so you totally. can't be disappointed if somebody 
if you ask for help for, from somebody and they either can't do it or they don't want to do it, like it's nothing against them or you. It's just the situation. Kinda, I really, I don't think anyone's ever said anything quite like that to me. I think that's great because I think it is. I think sometimes it's really hard to ask for help. Yeah. And I think I have like to me, like I have a dedication to like being really like self like reliable. And like I mean, we've we've also gotten into it about like participation awards and like kind what's of your, like what's your feeling on that? <laughs> my feeling on participation awards is I am not pro participation awards. That doesn't mean that I'm like a I hate you if you're not a winner type person. But I just think that people <laughs> I think that effort needs to be rewarded, not existence. And I think people need to there needs to be more in our culture of like taking responsibility for your actions. But sometimes that can like make you an island where you don't ask for help. But like that kind of that balance of like ask for help when you need it, but don't expect it. Yeah. Like that's really, I don't, I don't know. That's awesome. And I think it's, you know, I, I feel like I'm the same way as far as being self-reliant and I'll, you know, be so stubborn about asking for help for like the smallest thing. Yeah. And then finally it wears you down. You're like, I just need to ask somebody how to do this. And they're like, oh, this is how you do it. And I'm like, cool. I'm glad I spent like three hours trying to figure it out myself and, yeah, but for some things, like, thank God for YouTube, you know? Yeah. YouTube's gotten me out of some pickles. And thank God for the people making those videos that are yeah. so bizarre, so random. <laughs> so it's, random. I was, like, replacing my taillight, like, the junction box on my taillight for my truck the other day. I'm like, I wonder how you do this. And I typed in my year-making model and the problem, and it's like, here's a video on how to exactly, exactly. do that. Like, yeah. Well, thank you. It is amazing. I don't know who these people are that are doing all that. I My most embarrassing YouTube how-to so I'll just preface this where like I didn't grow up in like houses with yards and we got a house in Salt Lake and I had a lawn and I bought a lawnmower off Craigslist and I didn't know how to start it so I had to YouTube how to start a lawnmower I was like at whatever 29 years old did you have the kind where you had to like hold the handle there was like a choke thing and there was like some steps and I you know and you pull the cord and I mean it was like a little involved but I just I kind of felt like god I hope no one can ever see like my search history here no it's totally fine I was trying to replace my wiper blades the other day and I bought like new wiper blades at the auto parts store and I'm like fiddling around with it. It's like snowing and super cold and I'm getting really frustrated. I'm like 25 minutes into this ordeal, like swapping my wiper blade out and there's no bigger walk machine than going back into the auto parts store and being like, I don't know how to change my wiper blade. <laughs> so finally I like bite the bullet. I was like, this is ridiculous. I just need to go in. And so I go in and I'm like, hey, I like, I'm not sure what's up, but I cannot figure out how to change this. And they look at it, they're like, oh, it's cause you don't have the right part. Like somebody took the, part that you need out of this packaging here you go Boom. I was like you would have never figured that out never yeah. like i would have i almost just drove home it's like i'll just go to another auto parts <laughs> store i'd rather just buy another <laughs> wiper blade than have the shame of like see i just went through the same scenario but my approach is like when i bought them right away i was like hey like do you have a second to help me uh put this on because i don't know but that's maybe like the girl thing like you know little yeah, little hair that's... toss and like, oh, oh. I'm just kind of in a hurry. I, yeah, as a guy, it's like... A... Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've always had a principle that, like, if my whole life people are going to, like, make fun of me for being, like, a dumb blonde, sometimes I'm just going to use it to my advantage a little. Like, right? get that out of part star when I don't want to do my own win, but, oh, can you help me, please? You should be able to play that card for sure. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I don't... I try not to abuse it, but, yeah. All right. Ask for help. Um, I really like that. Okay. So, Griffin, when you're, like home having a normal day you're not filming here you're not on a trip like what's your favorite part of like just being home and being just like 
normal Griff? I, well, I love like my mornings. I'm like definitely a morning person. I oh, wake I up at like 6.30 and I'm like, I should sleep in, but I'm just so excited to start the day. And I'm like, <laughs> get up, do my like New York Times crossword, which I usually give up after like 20 minutes. You do New York Times crossword? Yeah. Well, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, okay. And then by Thursday, it's like, I'm just wasting everybody's or my own time mostly because yeah. there's no way I'm getting through that whole thing. But that's cool. Have coffee, you know, you have your space, just kind of like, I call them like, it's like little Griffin things that I like roam around my small cabin doing as far as like. What's like a little like, Griffin thing? Well, besides crossword and then the weather i spend a lot of time yeah yeah i'm a huge weather nerd and i like will just sit there and look at different forecasts all over like the world see where it's snowing and yeah and obsessing exactly yeah my couch is also i i inherited my dad's couch from his house when he moved out a couple years ago and it's i swear the world's most comfortable couch a couple old episodes of the office oh Oh, nice glorious I could do. I could go for a Griffin morning right now. I don't. I don't have time for a Griffin morning anytime soon. But it sounds nice. <laughs> it's very relaxing. It sounds nice. I don't know if I'd be an asset in the crossword thing though. That's uh, yeah. I thought I'd get better. It's kind of a new thing, and I have not really gotten that much better at crosswords. I've realized how bad of a speller I am. But... I'm a terrible speller. That would be like my biggest problem for sure. I'm like okay in terms of like synonyms and like the SARS type stuff. Like I guess I have an okay vocabulary, but I can't spell for beans. No. Yeah. It's uh, and it's I wish I should write down a list of my like most embarrassingly misspelled words because some of them I'm like, wow, I was way off. Like Google doesn't even correct them right. Yeah. They're like, we have yeah. no idea what you're searching for. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I'll just I'll just use another word. It's I've fine. always been embarrassed for like people to look at my like grocery list because I think it's so misspelled. <laughs> I think sometimes I misspell grocery. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Well, okay. I like that. Um, Next question. Griffin, do you have a guilty pleasure? I mean, I guess you kind of just talked about like maybe like old episodes of The Office, but do you have a guilty pleasure? Like something that you really like to do that people would not think you would like to do? Uh, I was going to say like Ben and Jerry's chocolate chip cookie dough, but I feel like that's pretty middle. That's kind of a generic guilty pleasure. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty good though. But like Um, more something that maybe people wouldn't know, wouldn't guess. Like, don't say like camo because everybody knows you love camo. I do love camo. Like everything in your life is camo. I think I can see like five camo things like right where we're sitting. That's it. I feel like uh, you can't see the other rack of jackets (laughs) and pants. Um, Guilty pleasure. Um, Oh, I think just like my simple meal. So I have a bunch of elk in the fridge and I'm just cooking up elk and i always have asparagus on hand and so it's just elk and asparagus I, i'll eat that like that's it that's two or three jam. nights a week and it's very healthy that and peanut butter and honey sandwiches oh peanut butter and honey. i like peanut butter and honey toast Ooh, that's good yeah. especially i went through a big phase of peanut butter and jelly bagels you get like the the bagels and they don't were the... don't you think that's like too much dough for like the filling ratio no not if you get them all hot and like oh peanut okay yeah yeah if you get it cold jelly oh yeah no that, cold peanut butter jelly bagel be like... would be like yeah. yeah no okay hot i can get on board yeah i i like peanut butter and honey toast but i have like a spilling problem and that's like a disaster oh, getting honey everywhere yeah, like hot honey and peanut butter like every but it's so good Bill just follows you around. Bill's like not super interested in human food. It's crazy. Mm. He's a, he's, he's a very persnickety little dog. <laughs> yeah. You remember when we were here, you tried to make him sleep with you and he was like, nope. 
No, I didn't. You're totally <laughs> making that up. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Totally made that up. <laughs> Um, all right. So next question is our POW question, our Protect Our Winners question. So it's like kind of sponsored by them and kind of in like a, a broad way. And this doesn't necessarily need to relate to climate change, but just in a broad way, like if you could ask every single person on the planet to do one thing to make the world a better place, what would that be? Or call your representative. Yeah. <laughs> like you, I call them or write them. I'm a huge fan of like a strongly worded email. Yeah. And if I feel like most people... I've probably never called the representative. I would say that, yeah. But somebody answers. Like, yeah. for the most part, like an aide picks up yeah. and you tell them what you're thinking. And who knows if they pass along that message or not. But it's, you know, it's a real person. It's not like you're just it's not an a voicemail machine. for somebody. Yeah. And the, the emails, I feel like usually you get an email back that's actually written by yeah. your representative. I mean, maybe an aide writes it and the representative signs on it, off on it. But usually they email you back. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. Like. And it's the on topic and it, it it is a canned response, but sure. it's getting through to some, at some level. Yeah. And I feel like if you're going to complain about anything. anything that's going on, like unless you're using you know, your voice. Yeah. Participating in. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things that it's like really intimidating and like something like I've learned kind of recently, I was listening to a um, presentation at a Protect Our Winter Summit recently and it was it was given by this politician and he was like, there's a couple of things he said that were like really poignant. And one of them was that like with politicians, like we're loaning them our power. Like it's our yeah. power as citizens and as community members. So like we're loaning them our power. And so like if, if you're just going to give it away and you're not going to take any participation in that other than voting every four years, like that's quite a waste. And the other thing is like when you think politicians and politics in general are just like really intimidating and far away and really removed, like the definition of politics is any time a decision is made with three or more people. And so if you look at it that way, like we're all engaged in politics and we have experience in politics all the time. And like I've been to D.C. and I've met with like senators and congressmen through POW and it's like they're just people. Yeah, for totally. Sure. Like and so like what you're saying is like. And it's amazing them. the amount of people that will like get into it on social media, writing these like long winded responses totally. to a post and like. If you think that's like the best use of your time, okay. But I mean, wouldn't that be far better directed at somebody that can actually, you know, do something about whatever you're complaining about or whatever you're right. voicing your opinion about? Right. It's it's one thing to like complain about things, but it's another thing to actually like try and do something about it. Yeah. But so yeah, everybody call, write your representatives. It's it's just not as hard as I like I, I mean, I come from a place of <laughs> Sam smoothies at the door. Sam, yeah. come in. <laughs> Here, you can just let him in. <laughs> we've got a, we've got another we've got, got another special guest on the podcast. It's a it's a funny role reversal because last time we were recording Sam's episode, and Griffin was a special guest, and now we've got Sam. Hi, Sam. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waving. It's a radio. Yeah, he, he did uh, wave. This medium's always confused me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyways, we were having a serious talk about politics and just, uh, I think it's really intimidating, but I think you're right. Just like jump in there and do something about it. Yeah. And once you do it once, you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Totally. I'm like, I call my senator all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and your local government too, I think is another. Yeah. Like that's sure, a place where I politics. feel like you can even have like even more impact. Yeah. Going um, to the you know county commissioner meetings and. County commissioner is one of the most powerful, like change making political offices that I think people that, like, have never even heard of. No, absolutely. And especially once you start paying attention, it's it's almost addictive. You're like, all right, what are these guys doing now? Mm -hmm. And as far as like 
shaping the you know community that you live in mm-hmm. that's probably the best way to you know have some sort of voice and have like direct effect and mm-hmm. the people that show up to those meetings are the ones that are getting heard and that's how these decisions are getting getting made yeah yeah you, yeah participate i love it good good advice uh okay i have like one more of these type of questions and my question is if you could have a totally different life what would it be like you didn't you weren't an s-worder you were like what would your like fantasy uh, alternative surfer life? for sure I know. Is that the most cliched? It is the most cliched. I think it's because the amount of gear that skiing requires and like traveling without much stuff. And there's like. That's one. One S word. It's okay. I thought I I was using it as a. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. But yeah, Um, I agree. The gear is nice just to like roll. Like I love surf trips where you just like have a carry on with like nothing in it. And I'm sure if you talk to a pro surfer, they'd be like, no, we have so much gear. We have so many different boards. And But I like the... If you're a good surfer, you actually travel with your boards. (laughs) Yeah. No, I just rent. and (laughs) One board's sufficient for me. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. No. But is there anything else like about that lifestyle that appeals to you? Or is it just like the kind of classic barefoot beach wild ocean thing yeah now that i'm you know thinking about my answer it sounds more and more cliche but yeah the barefoot beach thing it's okay i don't think you're you know. like a typically cliche person so it's okay to have one cliche answer uh, thank you yeah little, uh, you're allowed to be a basic bee a little bit yeah you know stand between your toes yeah tropical great. locations i'm like pretty scared of the ocean which is like kind of a tough thing for yeah, me because the ocean's scary yeah <laughs> yeah but I, I think I'd be a really bad, like, surfer. I don't know. I, like, tried to live at the beach for three months, and I thought, like, I'd just, like, be I'd on it, and, like, it's no. Yeah, I think it's such a lifelong sport. Yeah. Like, you're, you don't really pick it up, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. are really good. Even my friends that are, you know, amazing athletes that lived in Costa Rica for years, I, I ask them, like, so, you know, Trevor, are you a good surfer? And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm definitely not, like, the best guy in the lineup. And this is, you know, ex pro snowboarder that, yeah. you know, it's you just think it's probably pretty good. That you, yeah, yeah. Like, well, if he's not that good after 10 years, I don't really have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> the ocean sense, too. I don't know. There's True. something, as a girl, there's some sort of like bikini management that you must learn early on that, like, I don't have. You're saying there's no board short management? <sighs> I mean, I don't know. It seems like board shorts are a lot more scary than a bikini. You lose your board shorts when you surf? <laughs> I have, but <laughs> that's. Neither here nor there. <laughs> well, okay. So we'll leave you with that visual. As, as I said, not the greatest surfer. <laughs> That's it's impressive. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So this is something we do on every podcast. I want you to think of two highs and one low of the last year of your life completely outside your world as like a, of the S world, S word. So like it can't involve like a favorite line or something from a film trip just like normal griffin life two highs and a low they can can be totally small or whatever can everybody answer these questions on the spot i feel like these are yeah i mean i think people struggle with this one a little bit i mean it's really easy for people to have kids they're like oh my kid walked i'm like oh yeah cool but (laughs) fantastic uh (laughs) so two highs and a low they can be just like anything that comes to mind um oh i won my fantasy NBA, no, that's not what it's called. March Madness Pool. Oh, nice. I I was the winner out of 70 or so people, and I sourced it via Instagram because I have no idea about college basketball at all. And Wait. so my friend convinced me to sign up for the, the pool, and I was like, Colby, you know I have no idea about 
Do you even like watching basketball? Come on, you know, no, not particularly. But I found that (laughs) when you have money on the game, it makes it far more exciting. And so I put on my Instagram story if anybody knew um, anything about basketball and wanted to pick my, you know, pool. They should go for it. And this guy responded to me and he's like, hey, man, I'm from Kansas and I don't know skiing that well, but I know basketball. And I was like, cool, let's do it. And so he gave me all his picks and I won. (laughs) So really that guy won. That guy won. What did you do? Did you like? I offered to split it with it. I was like, you know, half of this pool is yours. You should take it. He's like, no, if I'm ever out in Jackson again, I'll like, let's go shred. And so. Wow. Anytime he comes out, he definitely has a. All right. Yeah. A few days of shredding. Random. Good. Good on you. I feel like that's just luck. I don't think that sounds like skill. I mean, smartness to outsource, but it sounds like luck. Work smarter, not harder. Okay. Okay. As you wish. Okay. Now That's a good low. High. It's random, but good. <laughs> um, I once. I'm still trying to think. Of what I'm <laughs> I was so like, "Where are you?" I'm not like we can like kind of like table okay. it. Like that's happened. We could just kind of table it. Yeah, it comes jog back. my memory. So like the last thing we like to do on the podcast is I ask everybody to bring a story. And I didn't warn you about this this time. Not a lot of pre-warning about any of this. No, this wasn't very premeditated at all. I basically like showed up at your house when you weren't here and you came home and there was a microphone sitting on your uh, coffee totally table. Normal. Yeah, it's fine. That's how I roll. <laughs> Sneak attack podcast. Oh, you're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so usually I ask people to tell a story, but I wanted you to tell a story. So you have this kind of thing going on, like Griffin's Fantastic Bear Tours. Is that what it's yes. called? And so- um, At Griff's Fantastic Bear Tours. Yeah. And it has to do with basically your encounters with grizzly bears. Yep. And so, black bears. And black bears. All, well, all we were together bears. actually in Teton Park this fall and we encountered a black bear quite close. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 10 feet. That's yeah. good. You can almost pet it. He was cute. He, he was, yeah, he he was just munching on some berries. It's just chilling. But so I want to know like your best grizzly or bear. It doesn't have to grizzly, but your best encounter from Griffin's Fantastic Bear Tours. From this past year or it could like be any time. The the uh, year time limit is just that's so, off. So we were up in Alaska years and years ago and we were on this skiing. Ah, okay. It's Sorry, okay. This I love that we're coming back to this story. Slash rafting trip where our idea was to ski a bunch of peaks at the headwaters of this river and then raft 420 miles out to the ocean all in the arctic all in the art yeah in the brooks range in the brooks range it was you know an undertaking and probably my first undertaking as such and we're about week three into the trip and you know they've warned us about bears this entire time like food storage just good habits all around camp and we haven't seen a bear the entire time so we're getting pretty sloppy mm. and in the middle of the night we wake up to one the guy in the other tent just screaming bear bear and we thought of course since we're guys we've been messing with each other the entire time and we're like drew shut up he's like no i'm serious there's a bear and so we like poke our heads out and drew is like chasing this bear out this grizzly bear out of camp <laughs> In his underwear, and it's we're in the Arctic Circle in June, and so it's like you know sunny, like the sun's just on the horizon, and we can like make out this bear just like trucking it up the river. And while we were sleeping, the bear like come into the vestibule of our tent and like mowed on a bunch of stuff, and then gone to the other tent in your tent that you were sleeping in that we were sleeping in. Like all our water bottles had these big like teeth marks in it, 
And I was un- under the impression that if you had this, you know, four or 500 pound mammal, like within feet of you, you would just wake up just under like, you know, evolutionary yeah, yeah. instinct. Like- Not true. So this bear <laughs> mounted a bunch of stuff in our vestibule and then like moved to the other town where he like woke him up. But yeah, that was, That's it, close. it was probably within like, you know, a couple feet of our heads. Like, big just, grizzly too, right? Yeah, it was, it would have been unfortunate had he. Yeah. Got a little bit more hungry, but yeah. I think he was just kind of checking things out. I don't think Curious. they get a ton of people up there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've heard that story from uh, Todd's perspective. Yeah. I think Todd was in the same tent. As yeah. Yeah. Also but... a s- solid sleeper. Some, a, t- a topic for another podcast. The, the story of this entire Arctic trip that you guys took on is like my favorite story to like make you talk about and make Todd talk about. And like, I still would suggest that you should write a screenplay about it someday. Yeah. And it could be like this hangover meets like you know, hot tub time machine thing. And I don't know, like uh, just another, like a little bit after you wrote a screenplay. Oh yeah. That was another high point of the year. Yeah. So you got two high points. Yeah. yeah I wrote good. a screenplay this summer. That's crazy. Which, you know, if any of the, you know, Hollywood agents out there are listening, you know, I, I got this screenplay. I think a lot screenplay. of Hollywood agents listen to this podcast. I know that's right. That's why I'm <laughs> on here. I forgot I was going to plug my screenplay. Um, What's it about? It's about the ski town life, oh. but it's, I think I want to say a little bit, better done than ski you know the classics like yeah no well there hasn't been a modern one there's one out right now where like the there's one out right now where like the there's an avalanche and the husband like leaves the wife or something yeah will ferrell and yeah uh dreyfus Dreyfus. yeah um but that one looks kind of kitsch yeah this one i think is much more modern stars a strong female lead which i'm not sure why i decided to write a female lead for my first ever screenplay slash fiction yeah have you written much fiction ever yeah i've never written anything fiction and i i literally googled how to write a screenplay (laughs) and like three of the same books came up on like every uh blog and so i bought those books and i was like yeah this isn't so hard and i finished it and well i haven't i need to polish it still and obviously like submit my manuscripts to all the people that are demanding yeah ski movies right now I've I've been failing at the I want S-word. I want it to happen. I'll volunteer to be the action double. Yeah, totally. It's, I'm it's waiting. I'm in, I'm we we should have a reading. Level. That would have been a that horrible. Would be good. We could have like a special edition of that. We it would be hard to avoid the S word, but Yeah, maybe we can make an exception. Yeah. Actually it's in summertime, so it's Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll just leave you guys hanging on that one. Griffin Post screenplay T B D. Yeah. Look forward in theaters fall twenty twenty. Wow. Okay. That's a good time frame. I thought you were going to, I wasn't sure where we were going there, but I think 2024 is like a reasonable goal. Yeah. Um, Well, cool. Um, Thank you for being on the Long Underwear podcast. For for the listeners that want to follow you and maybe get a glimpse of the pinatas, where can they find you? Uh, At Griff Post on Instagram and Facebook. At Griff Post. And then at Griffin's Fantastic Bear Tours is actually an account? No, no. Oh. It's, I should make it an it account. It should be an account. I've done a Griffin's Fantastic Bear Tour. It was great. I highly recommend it. Come, yeah. up, come up to Jackson. Safety not guaranteed. Definitely not. I feel like I know you enough to know that. Well, thank you guys all for listening. I'm Amy Ski, of course, on Instagram. If you want to keep following me and you can um, keep following along with Warren Miller at Warren Miller ENT. And we will catch you next time on Long Underwear. Snow. I love snow. But snow is not just for the snow lovers or haters. 
snow is the engine of the robust winter economy. Winter sports tourism, skiing, snowboarding, cross-country skiing, snowmobiling, can add a whopping $11.3 billion of economic value to the U.S. economy. In the 2015-2016 winter season, more than 20 million people participated in downhill skiing and snowboarding. That's a total of 52.8 million ski days. What's this got to do with climate change? Long story short, warmer temperatures mean warmer winters. Warmer winters mean less snow. And less snow means fewer skier visits. Fewer skier visits, while making for shorter lift lines, is unfortunate for everyone. Ski areas, hotels, restaurants, bars, grocery stores, gas stations, and entire communities suffer as a result. Learn more about how you can pledge to vote and protect and support the winter economy at protectourwinters.org. This podcast was brought to you by Warren Miller Entertainment, who you can follow on social media at Warren Miller ENT to keep the good times rolling. Long Underwear was produced by me, Amy Ingerbretson, as well as Jesse Hackett and Jessica McGee from the Warren Miller Entertainment team. 